0: Like I mentioned earlier, we've been doing wing to finish for about 15 years. So it goes, it takes time to get all that set up, but it starts, uh, it starts with Jimmy and Jay and then with me, you know, understanding what has to be done, setting up the protocols and then teach them to our managers so they fully understand why we're doing it. And, uh, and then if they create that buy-in, to the culture while we're doing stuff and how we treat people, and having them, you know, spread that to the growers so that they understand. Everybody feels like they're a part of Tosh Farms, and uh, once you get that buy-in, and everybody understands why you're doing it, and they trust you, and uh, it's uh, you can change your protocols across the board pretty quick.
1: Swat.
2: It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. We wanna thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Healthy Farms by Biovers, Your manure management experts, MS Gold. The best hygiene products in livestock farming. Swine management to the next level cloudfarms.com. Ivonic Animal Nutrition. We are sciencing the global food challenge. An animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a symbiotic, targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, contact NAM at abvista.com. That's N-A-M at abvista.com.
1: hello and welcome to our newest podcast um swine it uh welcome to all the viewers uh to our, our podcast today I've, I've got a special guest uh, mr adam walters uh adam is the finishing manager at tosh, tosh Farms. um he's uh i've been fortunate you know over the um last couple several years to get to go to visit a tosh farm a sow unit and uh with get with uh, jay oliver really enjoyed that so uh I have a lot of respect for, for Tosh Farms, and so welcome, Adam, today to our podcast. Thank you, Jared. You know, we always kind of start uh, uh, our podcast at where, and, and kind of tell us a little something about, you know, how you got started with uh, in the pig industry and, and how you ended up at Tosh Farms and, you know, what was your pathway to where you are today?
0: All right, Yeah, I'm glad to. Um, I grew up on a small hog farm, probably. 10 minutes outside of Knoxville in Seymour. Uh, it's called L&W Land Race. Uh, My dad was in partner with one of the professors from UT, uh, Professor Ed Lidvall. And uh, that was my childhood growing up on the hog farm. And we had uh, tobacco every summer. Uh, I got an older brother. He's three years older than I am. And, uh, you know, we always learned that you had to enjoy what you were doing because either way, the job had to be done. And so, you know, it was always family was together whenever we were working. And um, I guess probably early 90s, my dad uh, got out of the hog farm and decided to go into the dairy business. And I always joke with him is that at that time he must have been angry with himself because if you've been around dairy cows, that's a very hard job. You know, it's it's a lot easier to work with pigs. But, um, you know, from that, I, I played football growing up through high school. Uh, went to college at Emory Henry College in Southwest Virginia. And uh, did not have any interest in going back to the farm. I wouldn't get away from pigs as far as I could. But uh, freshman year in college, I uh, ruptured a disc in my back. And so that sort of ended my football career. And, you know, since then, I've had non-orthopedic surgeries. But um, through college, uh, major was geography and city planning. Uh, And that has nothing to do with what I'm in now. But uh, the advisor, uh, Dr. John Morgan, showed a lot of interest in me. And, you know, from him, I learned uh, how important building relationships are. And, uh, you know, you making that connection – with the people you work with and the people you're around is huge. You know, it, it can change how you look at stuff and how you um, attack certain situations. And, um, you know, once I graduated, uh, my brother had already been at Tosh Farms for three years. Unlike me, he knew he wanted to work in ag. And so after he got his master's at UT Knoxville, he started working at Tosh and then, um, you know, he, convinced me to ride along with him and I was going through my last back surgery and uh, whenever I got cleared to work, I started at Tosh and that's been 17 years ago. I was hired in as uh, one of the service techs and at that time we were doing uh, nursery farms, so uh, service tech, was, which I'd say is probably pretty common to what most of the service jobs in the industry are right now. Uh, We've done the pig placement, the weekly reports, uh, selecting the top hogs and everything. And um, after I was there for a couple of years, we switched over to lean to finish. And i done service work for eight years and I got promoted where I was over um, the regional managers and the baby pig techs. And then a few years ago, I got promoted where I was over the whole department. And that uh, you know, sort of gives you an idea of how I got to where I'm at now.
1: Yeah, that's a good story. And we have a lot of similarities myself. I, uh, it seems like you, you get started in agriculture, it's, it's hard to get out of your blood. And, and I did the same. I started out you know, when I was young, and uh, I've done all the jobs on the farm, uh, some of them, you know, not real uh, clean, nice jobs. But uh, I think it gives you a perspective of, uh, and it seems like, you know, you kind of moved up and, 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 and in the Tosh organization, and it uh, gives you a perspective of what you know, people have to do on a day to day basis in other, uh, areas of your, you know, your business. So very good. It, it's, uh, it uh, sounds like you, uh, you, you made a full circle and came back to your roots somewhat a little bit, but, uh, so
0: very good. Well, like you said, it gets, it gets in your blood and you can't get away yeah, from it.
1: It is. It is. Uh, my dad tried to talk me out of it. He said, uh, don't, don't get farming, you know? And, uh, I listened to them for a while, but then uh, I did come back and was glad, and I'm glad where I'm at today. So, But uh, we're very good. And, and you know, uh, you being a finishing, it seems like we focus a lot on sow production uh, and nursery. But, uh, you know, it's good to talk to somebody. I feel like it's got kindred uh, or kindred spirits there on, on the finishing side because that's, uh, you know, a lot of people forget that's, that's where most of our costs are. Most of our feed is in that finishing side. Most of our risk, you know, we get those pigs all the way, almost to market. You know, we have, you know, we've got all the cost in them. And, and so if we lose those pigs, then, you know, we, we're losing, uh, we've got all that money invested and then we don't get anything out of it. So it's, it's a thankless job. And, uh, my brother does it in our organization. and My hat's off to those, to those people in finishing. So, but I think, you know, today maybe we can, we can talk a little bit on some of the strategies you've used and, and some of the things you can share with, with maybe some production viewers that we have, uh, on this podcast and, uh, just some of the things and tips that, uh, you found in your, in your job and, uh, that helps us, uh, do our jobs better. Uh, I guess, you know, the first thing I, we always started with, uh, for a long periods of time is feeder, uh, you know, we, we uh, had a separate nursery, and then from feeder to to uh, the market. What? Uh, tell us a little something about how uh, how that works in your organization. How in, and how you maybe transition into a wing to finish production system.
0: Yeah, Jerry, that's a great question because whenever you're transitioning from nursery and finishing to wing to finish you know, that work it's done at the nursery still has to be done at the wing to finish barn. And you're working with the finishing managers and others that are not used to doing that work. So the way we looked at it is it worked out better for us to have the actual Tosh managers to hire people and, um, create positions to help with that management to sort of, uh, have specialized managers, uh, going along with the, uh, with the um, age of the pigs. And uh, so to sort of offset that extra labor on the front end, um, we decided to create a position we call baby pig techs. And that's mainly your nursery managers. And uh, I started calling baby pig techs because I was having problems getting applications. And so I just changed the name of the position and I had, it was amazing how many people started applying for the job. And I guess everybody wants to work with baby pigs, but um, the big, big part of their role is, uh, you know, they handle a the shipment coming in. They sort through the pigs, place them, uh, make sure pen density is correct, and uh, you know, sort of pull the ten percent off, and you know, place them by health, and uh, just go through and select the pigs that we're going to keep and get our start inventory. And uh, through that, they go through and. You know, I try to tell them, you don't tell these farmers what to do. You teach them what to do. And uh, because they, the baby pig techs do it every day. But, you know, as you're filling a site, that turn of pigs, they only place babies about twice a year. And so, you know, they're going through teaching the protocols, how to feed, you know, while we're sorting, how to help with medication. They're there with them teaching that process and going over why we're doing it and why it's so important.
1: Very good. Now, uh, you know, it, I guess people forget a lot of times. Those, it's a big difference in, in, in trying to uh, to raise a 50-pound pig versus a nursery, Try to get the, all the specialized care that you have to do in there. But uh, that's, that was a good strategy. You know, uh, people love to work with them. They look so much lo- more lovable when they're small, you know, the pigs. and Yeah, uh, you know, we actually went on a farm when I was out there visiting and uh, – And that was a pretty neat uh, uh, with those way those guys. You know, a lot of times our contract growers out here probably no different than yours. You know, a lot of our row crop farmers they got a lot of things to do, and and so it just takes a lot of. uh, We forget that uh, we got to get that how well that pig does. A lot of times is how well it gets started. Get started right.
0: Yeah, it it goes with that relationship with your contract growers. Um, You know, asking people to do stuff instead of telling going through and teaching them and like I've sit down and I had conversations with some of them recently they were asking why their responsibilities have changed so much over the last 10 years and um, I've explained to them that the, the job's evolving how we're raising pigs is evolving and uh, we've taken over most of the sorting and Medicaid. and you know they spend a lot of their time on feeder adjustment and managing the feeders because that's where over 75% of your cost is is in that feed And if the quicker we can get the pigs started off on feed, the better turn we're going to have.
1: You know, you made a good point. Uh, how do you get, uh, I know uh, we probably agree that a change is very hard for people in our industry. Maybe that's true of people in general, but uh, it seems in our, in my experiences with our our people, they like, they don't like change. And so how do you, uh, when, when you want to make a change, and you know it's, it's something that you need to. Do. How do you how do you get people to, to change and to buy into what you're you're trying to do? What are, what are some strategies that you that you are able to use?
0: Like I mentioned earlier, we've been doing wing to finish for about 15 years. So it goes. It takes time to get all that set up, but it starts uh, it starts with Jimmy and Jay, and then with me you know, understanding what has to be done, setting up the protocols and then teach them to our managers so they fully understand why we're doing it. And uh, and then if they create that buy-in to the culture while we're doing stuff and how we treat people and having them, you know, spread that to the growers so that they understand everybody feels like they're a part of Tosh Farms. And uh, once you get that buy-in and everybody – understands why you're doing it and they trust you. And uh, it's, uh, you can change your protocols across the board pretty quick. We have about a, I say around 100 contract farms. And, uh, you know, I could, if we want to change a certain protocol, I could send out some messages and within a couple of days, everybody would, you know, they would want to know why, but, you know, we explain it to them and the trust and relationship is there that, you know, it would, it would happen pretty quick. You know,
1: you made a good point. I think we we worry about it a, a lot about focus on our pigs, but we forget the people. And, uh, you know, we need to take care of the pigs, but we also need to take care, you know, our most important resource, which is our our, our people. And, uh, and they respond to how they're treated and and, uh, and uh, we need to keep those people, uh, particularly in today's environment where it's, it's everybody's struggling trying to, you know, keep people, uh, keep people work and keep people showing up every day. So that's a good, good point. Uh, it's one of the things I was going to get to a little later, but, uh, going back to the pigs, what, uh, once you started this, this, uh, baby pig text, I believe you said, uh, what did you see, uh, right off the bat? Any changes to, to, uh, your production, and, uh, your, your, uh, Performance with the pigs, moving from a moving from a you know a a feeder pig to a to a nursery wean to finish system.
0: Some of the some of the you know just uh yeah, uh, going from working in a nursery to doing the work that age of pigs in a wean to finish barn. I think uh you know you don't have the stress of moving the pigs as many times, and of course you don't have the at a cost of shipping other places and the extra uh, employees at a nursery. But uh, just more consistency with what's going on in the barns. And, you know, they're seeing those pigs multiple times and they see all the flows. And uh, they're also working with the other managers in the barn. Everybody has a piece of what's going on there. You know, it's not getting passed off to another farm. But you're starting there. Everybody sees and it'll end at that farm, so you know everybody can see the progression of the health and how the pigs are doing. And uh, you know, as they come in and we get the protocol set right, and you know everybody's focused on getting the pigs started off on feed, getting them sorted, right density in the pens, and you know just that idea of each group of it working together. You know, people are more involved in it, and uh, you know they take more pride in what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times uh, it's those people that see the little details, and those details are important. Like you said, stocking density, pulling pigs, and and uh, you got you got a person, a highly trained person there, uh, you know, starting those pigs off. This sees all and does all the little details, the vaccines, and uh, you know, pulling, medicating pigs. What tell me a little something about the require? What kind of requirements do you have for this for a baby uh, pig tech? Do they have to have prior
0: experience. Well, with the uh, you know in a uh, in our area, there's not much prior experience. Uh, West Tennessee, there's not many hog farms, and uh, which I look at that as a good thing. Uh, you know, because you don't have to worry about old habits or where I was worked at before. Did it this way, you know you um, you bring somebody in that has a great attitude and uh, wants to learn and uh, loves animals. And, you know, we bring them in and, you know, we start off with five weeks of training. It's a buddy system. Every week there was somebody different. And, uh, you know, through and it's, you know, I mentioned hiring the right person with that attitude is the hardest thing to do. And then once you find that person, you know, it makes it easy training them and teaching them. Because they wanna know, they wanna put in that work and you know, they're there doing the best they can every day. And as far as requirements, I guess uh, you know, we it's mainly college grads, but uh, you know, I have some managers that have prior experience working at Tosh that have moved up into those roles.
1: Well Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Uh, sometimes uh, you'd rather have somebody you want somebody that's just got good traits and characteristics, like you say. Uh, but not necessarily do they do they have to have prior pig knowledge where you can you know you can kind of mold those people to, to the way that you want to do. Now, you don't have any prior biases. Uh, I see that in our system as well sometimes. But uh, those people those people that know more they're they're hard to get you know to do a new thing maybe a
0: little bit <laughs> I was going to say in the wing to finish department, I've got around twenty managers, and it goes from the Baby Pig Techs, they work with them the, about the first six weeks. Then I have our regional managers; they have around fifteen farms that they keep up with, do service reports, and work with those growers all the time. And then we have our sales team where they go in, they weigh the pigs, and then select the pigs that go to market. So if I can find a good person, I could. I got a job in there somewhere that will fit their personality, and it's just getting them in there and figuring out. What area fits in the best?
1: Right. Yeah. So a lot of the uh, their experiences, uh, you, you try to move within your organization. Uh, you know that that brings another good point. I noticed uh, talking to Jay, it was interesting how uh, how the employees are set up where they can they can actually increase their uh, their pay based on learning different things and as they learn different things they become uh, more valuable to Tosh where they can you know maybe you can have somebody that's that learns farrowing that learns reading you know so you can move around do you, do you find that uh, is that something you do in your in your division uh, is there a way of moving up how you know they can move up in, in salary by being cross trained
0: yeah uh how we look at it is whenever I'm interviewing people, bringing new people on, you know, it's not a job. It's opportunities because uh, unlike other farms and stuff, Tosh is still growing. So as Tosh continues to grow in size, you know, we're this year we're going to sell around a million market hogs in four or five years. I think we're projected to be at 1.4. So my department will continue to grow. And in that growth, there'll be other levels of management created. And, um, you know, as people are hired in, you know, they, the opportunity's there, you know, it's whatever you put in it, it's what you get out of it. Um, you know, just like from when I started here to where I'm at now, you know, as long as you're coming in, doing your best and willing to learn the opportunities to move up to other levels of management throughout Tosh is always there.
1: You know, I know you mentioned, uh, Earlier uh, when we started, uh, it's managing those relationships that's really important. What What are some strategies that you find that uh, that help you, you know, interact with people and manage and, and get those good relationships uh, that you talked about? How do you – what do you do and, and how do you interact with people and how does that uh, dictate, you know, how, how you can build those relationships? Well,
0: oh, with my um, management team – We have quarterly meetings where all of us will get together. And I always try to throw something in there, uh, DISC profile, strength finders. And, um, you know, our last meeting, I put some new employees that have been there six months, paired them with somebody that's been there 20 years. And they went over and talked about, you know, why is the person who's just starting actively engaged and how they're making people around them better? compared to the person who's been here 20 years, how are they looking at it? how do they stay motivated at charge for 20 years? And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is getting to know people's personalities and understanding your own personality. Uh, this profile, I got a very, I'm a D personality. So the small talk and stopping is hard for me to do. So I make it a point to stop myself, to have those small conversations. And, um, uh, you know, Cause it's always with the line of work we're in, it's always, you have some, so much going on. You're worrying about completing this task and moving on to the next one. But, uh, you know, I know that that's, I lack in that. So I make an effort to stop and have those conversations and to build and to build those relationships. And, uh, we get together as a team and do that. And, you know, that way, not only do I know them better, they understand me better. And, you know, then all that, uh, you know the better everybody communicates and works together the end result is it's better for the pigs you know it's
1: like the old i guess uh cliche that uh we don't care until we know how much people care you know Uh, people care you know when they learn that we care about them and then you know then they'll care about what they're doing so you see that a lot uh it sounds like you're you're interacting with those people maybe on you know in a non-work setting, you know, and trying to uh, find out more about their you know their individuals. Do you, do you treat uh, you know how do you uh, you know there's always times when you have to have a tough conversation maybe with someone. How do you how do you do that you know and and, uh, and come out of that conversation? Uh, my wife does a great job of this. She she can talk to people and and have to have maybe say some some you know. I'll call it constructive criticism. Uh, but at the end of the day, they come out and, you know, they feel good about it. So how do you do that? You know, when you, maybe you got a reprimand employee, and, uh, how do you do that in a, in a manner that uh, that they they come out of it? And, and maybe are not maybe not feel like they're attacked personally. How do you how do you do how do you do that?
0: Well, that's a great question, Jerry. And I hope I'm give you a good answer. Uh, oh, you will. I try to do a good job with that, <laughs> but uh, you know, now I think it all goes from, you know, being pretty transparent through the hiring process and the training process, and going over goals and expectations, and uh, you know, I'm always going through farms, and then I'll discuss with them what I see and what I want them to see, and. You know, ask them what they think about what's going on. and uh, But to to get to those conversations, you know, for the most part, they know that it's coming and uh, they know that they've messed up on something. And, uh, you know, if it comes down to something to where it's, you know, if it was an accident or just something that got forgot, you know, that's those are a lot easier than something where somebody's made a decision on their own to cut corners. And to, you know, not do their best. That's whenever, you know, basically, if they're choosing not to do their best, then, you know, you got to be pretty straightforward within laid out to them that that's not acceptable. And that has to change. And this, this is what has to change in this period of time. Or, you know, I wish you the best. We'll have to part ways. You can transfer somewhere else. But. You know, I try to keep the, uh, the communication pretty transparent, the expectations. And, uh, you know, I, I try to set the standard with them myself and hold myself to that high quality. And, uh, because if I'm not holding myself to it, then it's not going to do any good when I have those conversations with them. You're not going to have that trust and you're not going to have that buy-in with your team.
1: Yeah. You know, good points there. I think, uh, as we, uh, if we have clear expectations and and then we hold people to those, and, and uh, most people, you know, understand it's not personal. But, you know, you've just got uh, we've all got jobs to do and and we've got to, uh, you know, I'm here just pointing out things that we need to correct. And uh, I can tell you're probably an easygoing, you know, probably a, a real uh, straightforward person. And uh, and I think people like that. They they like somebody who just tells them what it is and doesn't play games and and uh, you know just kind of lays it out there on the table. So I think it's a good point uh, as far as dealing with people. People appreciate that. I think seems to be the same with my experiences. We had changing gears a little bit. Uh, I think another another area that that strikes me that Tosh does a really good job is biosecurity. You've got really good help. What are some things uh, that we're getting long here on our Podcast, but uh, what are some things that you've been able to do or that you, uh, some biosecurity measures that you use that you think really help uh, keep that good health?
0: Well, and I think a lot with us, it's our location. Uh, there's not many pigs in West Tennessee, Western Kentucky that are not Tosh pigs. But, uh, you know, you still have to make the point to hold biosecurity very highly. Um, we've recently had half our flow uh, break a purge positive and um, that's probably, that happened maybe a year and a half ago to two years ago and as of now, probably in another month, all those pigs will be sold and everything we have will be purge negative. But uh, I think we did a good job during that time not spreading it from farm to farm and, uh, you know, with the wing to finish barns, a lot of the farms you have to shower in, shower out. But uh, we do not do that. Um, you know, a lot of the farms don't have that uh, available. So, um, you know, we supply coveralls for all the managers. Uh, and we have a wash bay for those who can be washed. Uh, we supply the white suits, gloves, booties, masks. We supply all that for them. And, um, you know, all they have to do is wear them and follow it. And, uh, you know, with, if you're wearing boots, you know, we try to, the marriage that do that, have boots at the farms. And we also, uh, you know, have a a local car wash where we have truck stickers where they can go by as many times as they want to and get their trucks washed. And so following all that, you know, if you don't want to be the person that spreads something, that's the message I try to send out. So it's a lot easier and it's a lot less messier to stay clean, follow your biosecurity protocols and, you know, really make sure that you're not wearing any of the same stuff or tracking anything from farm to farm.
1: I, you know, uh, ties back a lot of times. Uh, this biosecurity is, is uh, we're asking people to do things when they're, they're maybe not have anybody watching them. So how do you, how do you get buy in for people, a truck driver, a feed delivery guy or, uh, you know, personnel, how do you get them to do things when sometimes it's really hard to, you know, validate that they're even doing it? How do you how do you get them to buy in? Uh, to follow stuff, you know, are or, or, or the importance of doing these things?
0: Yeah, And, and I think that's uh, with how you set your biosecurity up, because you have some people that, you know, you might have 10 percent that will follow it exactly. Then you'll have a certain percent that follows 80% of it. And then you'll have maybe 10% that just doesn't care. So you set it up to where you're asking them to do more than they have to, to control the spread of disease. And so if you have a certain percentage that's following half of it, you're still covered. They're not going to spread anything. And, you know, it's that I think that's just the way it is with biosecurity because you know, you would like to think that everybody works well on the honor system. But, you know, at times you have it to where they might not have the booties or something or, you know, just educate them and let them understand how important it is. and You know, again, set the biosecurity for it. If it's followed perfectly, you're not going to have any issues. But in reality, you know, nobody's going to follow it perfectly. That you're probably sitting there, you know, Somewhere fifty to eighty percent, and uh, but uh, you know you're you're aware of that whenever you're trying to set up your ball bio, biosecurity standards.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of like you've got these layers of insurance, you know, and, and maybe we don't we don't need to have all those layers, but uh, if we have a breakdown here in one layer, you know, maybe we, these extra measures cover us in that case. So, so really good point. Well, we're coming down to the end and we, I know you and I could talk, we could talk about finishing, uh, forever, uh, probably
2: rest of the day, but it's time for our famous three. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Feed flow. Feed is too expensive to ignore. Take control with feed flow. Adiseo is a worldwide leader in animal nutrition providing nutritional solutions and services which fuel predictable profits. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Start your journey with us at eastman.com. Eastman serves veterinarians and nutritionists in agrochemical and animal health industries by helping them select, evaluate, and implement innovative nutritional programs, Eastman works with your team to customize your gut health approach in feed and water. Eastman's approach addresses nutritional and bacterial challenges and finds new ingredient preservation and hygiene solutions. Explore ways to accelerate and innovate your programs. Contact the Animal Nutrition Team at eastman.com.
1: At the end of our podcast, we always ask these three questions. So I want to ask you uh, get your, your thoughts here. First question is uh, What is your favorite resource? Uh, it doesn't have to be about pigs. It can be anything uh, that you found uh, that you've read lately or something that uh, that you use or, or maybe uh, inspired you. What would you say? Maybe some thoughts there.
0: I listen to a lot of books on Audible because a lot of time driving. And, um, you know, I'm really big on leadership books. And coaching books, so I've been reading a lot of uh, books by coaches, and uh, I would say the one most recently would be uh, "Swing Your Sword" by Mike Leach. Uh, I was interested because I found him so interesting. If you listen to some of his interviews, and you know he was a mastermind behind the Air Raid offense, but uh, the most important thing I took from watching him and reading his book. Is how much he cared about the people he's interacting with. Uh, you know, every time he was speaking to somebody or talking about somebody, he was fully involved in that conversation. And uh, whether or not it was an interview or not, you know, I, I think he was just a great listener, and uh, you know, really cared about the people that he was working with.
1: Yeah, Yes, yeah, that's fine. I'm in I'm in North Carolina. So I'm a Big Dean Smith fan, and you know that was a big trait. Kept up with his players all through the years, and uh, you know, just you know, maybe a player's been there twenty years. that has been out of the system twenty years, and, and he you know he call them and see how their family is doing, and you know, just just on a personal level, keeping up with those players. So I I see that. You know, another point um, you talked about. You played football. Uh, what what are some football? Maybe some uh, things you learned in football that you've carried over into your uh, into your career and your and your position
0: today? Uh, teamwork. Um, and, you know, you always got to have somebody trying to lead the team. And, uh, you know, everybody's dependent on somebody else. You know, so we all have to put in carrier weight. And, you know, just like on the field, every every role is important as the other. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So, you know, it, I think that makes the department stronger. And, you know, it's, everybody understands that, they're a part of something.
1: Very good. Very good. Uh, second question. What would you say has been your biggest influencer in your life, uh, on your career? Uh, what person maybe, uh, was your biggest influence?
0: Oh, this is a, it's a hard one, Jerry. I've, I've been very blessed to work with a lot of people. And maybe a couple a lot of you coaches, might,
1: if you want to mention, a, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to get down to one person. Maybe you had a couple, you know,
0: Yeah, uh, you know, growing up, of course, family and uh, Ed Lidvall, you know, he worked at the University of Tennessee and um, going through college and stuff. I'd mentioned Dr. John Morgan earlier. Uh, He was a big influence, Uh, kept me in school. Uh, And then, as far as in my career and stuff, uh, I'd have to say Jay Oliver. Uh, He's a very patient man because he's put up with me for 17 years. But, uh, I think the biggest thing he's taught me is that the people are the most important thing in talk for And if you don't develop your managers and create that relationship with them, you're not going to be successful.
1: Very good. You know, I I got to know Jay a little bit when we went there and and I still send him emails from time to time. He is a bright guy and uh, he's got a little, he's got a lot of those golden nuggets things that you don't read in the book sometimes that uh, will help you get through you know your situation whatever it is and so i i agree i trust you know he's he's a really good resource i, I reach out to him sometimes especially with my production pig production so i have to agree with you there uh, and our last uh, last question what are some key traits or characteristics do you think that uh you see in people that are are successful in our industry what would you say are some of those traits that uh are consistent with successful people.
0: You know, like like you just said, there with successful people. I don't think it would necessarily have to be in their industry. I think it's pretty much with whatever you're doing. You know, certain people strive to be, to do more hold themselves accountable. But I, I would say one big thing is attitude. You know, if you bring people in that think they're owed something or, think they don't have to listen or follow stuff they need to, they're not going to be successful. And then, you know, I talked with Jay about this before, but I've noticed as I've moved up in management, you know, everybody is an expert at what they do as you move up. But the biggest thing is how will you work with people? You know, if you can't sit down and work with somebody you're having disagreement with, you're stopping yourself from being able to move up. You're not growing. Any. So I would say, you know, being able to work with somebody is very huge. too.
1: Very good. Yeah, it gets back it gets back to people and relationships, and uh, you know, if we can manage those, uh, we're we're probably going to have a good chance of being successful. And whatever industry, like you said, but particularly in the in the piggy. You know, and that's something I, lo- I I really admire about Tosh. You go out, and I can see that you guys think outside the box. You know, uh, you adopt new technologies. You know, maybe even ahead of the curve a little bit. But, uh, but Mr. Jimmy, he he is just an amazing, innovative person. I, I I just can't. You know, he he makes basically all the equipment that's on these farms. Uh, it's pretty amazing, and even going. <laughs>
0: it's amazing what all he's been able to do. And, uh, you know, I think that's one reason that we're so successful is, you know, a lot of the stuff you'd run into, fee, construction, we control all that. Boar stud, you know, Tosh controls everything from the boar stud to the semis that ship our picks to Swift. And, you know, just his vision of, farming in the industry you know he's been able to make that a reality and that's very impressive yeah very neat person uh, to meet and and uh, try to emulate
1: for sure so, well adam uh, it's been a, it's been a joy talking with you today i wish we could talk even more uh but uh i appreciate you uh all these these uh gold nuggets i think we can learn uh a lot of people can learn we can learn from from some of the things you mentioned and uh, apply those to our. I've always said I'm 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 not, I am i am i am do not have a big enough ego that, um, that, that I won't copy somebody. You know, if somebody can do something you know different, can show me a better way to do something, I'm I'm going to copy that. And I came back from Jay's meeting, you know, from, from the fisting, and there were so many things that I took home. You know, so I think it's that's part of too, just just you know just learning from from each other. You know, we learn different things and different strategies that you know, maybe we never thought about. So,
0: Very good. Yeah. No, I, I greatly appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. Yep. Very
1: good.